This podcast is brought to you by Telegraph Local, telegraphlocal.com, the web's only real opinion-free breaking news platform. At Telegraph Local, our team reports and delivers real facts for real reporting. In this day and age, facts are extremely important. Facts matter. Real news matters. The only real place to find these facts is on telegraphlocal.com. So if you, like many, many, many others, are tired of the same misconstrued reality of the world and of the current aggressive political landscape, come on over to telegraphlocal.com. We'd love to have you. Read, comment, share. Telegraph Local, your opinion-free news headquarters. everyone and welcome 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 to weekly politics with telegraph local today is july 14th 2020 and we at telegraph local have a special broadcast for you today we have a very special guest that will be joining us in just a few minutes his name is mark curran mark curran is the illinois republican candidate for senate we will be discussing many topics facing illinois and for the first time we will be getting direct answers straight from the source. Before we talk into his background just a little bit before we have him on, because I'm sure he'll talk about this in the interview. But Mark comes from a very, uh, very specific crime organized um, background. He spent tons of time in law enforcement. In fact, the vast majority of his career has been in law enforcement. This guy served as the uh, as a career prosecutor academy in Houston, Texas for some of his education. He also went to Spring Hill College. He went to the Chicago Kent College of Law. He, uh, National Sheriff's Association, first time sheriff's conference, senior management institute for police, FBI law enforcement executive development seminar out in Quantico. I mean, Mark has done run the gamut, really, when it comes to a law enforcement background. And I think at this point in society, and at this point in, in the development of, of a lot of frustrating issues in Illinois and, heck, in the, the country as a whole, uh, we need someone with a background in law enforcement someone who understands how communities work, uh, what, what, what community policing is, what policies may be uh, that need to change. All of this can be attributed to a candidate that has that background in law enforcement. So let's go ahead and get Mark Curran on, uh, on the phone now and give him, a, give him a, a, a once over, I guess you could say, and see what he has to say about a lot of issues facing Illinoisians uh, and the country as a whole today. Hey, Mark, are you there? Yes, how you doing? I'm doing great, doing, doing wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on today and talking to, uh, to Illinois about some, some really big problems and, and issues faced in uh, the state as a whole. Uh, I guess my, my first question leading into a, a, a slew of other questions we have for you today is, 
where are the adults in the room right now? It seems to me, and I think to a lot of other people in the, in the, the great state of Illinois, that the direction's kind of lost. Kind of, it's, it's not focused anymore. It's, it's, we're all over the place right now. We have horrible crime in Chicago. Um, we have financial issues with the shutdown. Uh, education seems to be going crazy, especially in Chicago. Um, I mean, you know, I guess I'll ask you, what, what, what do you see going on right now? What, what's the big problem here? Well, I think obviously you hit the nail on the head in terms of leadership is a big issue. And, um, you know, truth is not something that's embraced. Instead, it's all a spin game. With regards to the crime, um, you know, President Trump, I think today, said that Chicago was was the most violent city in the world, far more than any place in the Middle East even. So um, he's not far off. You know, ultimately... Chicago is an incredibly violent place, and um, you know there's a lot of societal reasons uh, that, that are driving it. But um, you know the leadership is afraid to hit on anything that, that really matters. You know, it's funny. I, I looked the stats up before we had this call, and as of today, and this this I'm sure has probably changed by now because there seems to be a, a shooting every minute in Chicago. There are 378 homicides so far in 2020. Again, those numbers may be a few off, give or take, but. That seems to be uh, a quite a quite a number. That that's not even including the the shootings, which are telling hundreds and hundreds and hundreds more. Um, it seems to be very scary. You, Mark, you have a your background is is just not in law enforcement in general. Um, you you spent time in particular with with the gang unit. So, given the very troubled time in Chicago, what would you do different? How? would you work with local governments to address an issue that is seriously disrupting the lives of the African-American community as a whole, and quite frankly, killing children? And, you know, the vast majority of these deaths are in inner cities. What would you do to, to fix this problem? Right. Just so your listeners know, I was a county, state, and federal prosecutor. As you mentioned, you know, I was chief of gang crimes, you know, for the state of Illinois. And, um, I started my career out actually in, in Cook County way back in the late 80s when the crack epidemic just hit the scene. And the murder rate back then was was almost 1,000 a year. But the difference between then and now is that uh, medicine has advanced, and there's more shootings now than there was back then. It's just that less people die. It's the same thing with, with wars. We see more people returning home on permanent social security as opposed to dying on the battlefield. But um, the consequences are every bit as, as bad. You know, ultimately what I would say is that street gangs are at war with our larger society, with our larger culture. And, and, you know, we have to be, we have to return, sir. We have to be at war with them. And ultimately they have no concern for, for the sanctity of any life or what have you. You got to realize, I mean, I, I prosecuted, you know, countless cases. I tried countless murders as a prosecutor. I was the longest serving sheriff in Lake County, Illinois history. I represented a lot of uh, people charged with murder and, and tried a lot of murder cases on the defense side as well. So I know what I'm talking about. Um, ultimately, you know, these people, they, they could wipe out your whole family and sleep like a baby that night. It's not, uh, you know, the, their conscience is, is gone. They're devoid of any real empathy towards uh, other people. So how you walk around tiptoeing with them, afraid to, you know, um, call them out is really, uh, it's a problem. So 
what I would do is, you know, right out of the box, you know, we're, we're at war right with the gangs, and we're going to do everything we can. The problem is that uh, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, won't take that stance. The police superintendent that she appointed, David Clark, will not take that stance. Um, and the um, the uh, Cook County State's Attorney, Kim Fox, is basically, um, I mean, She's she's a defense attorney's dream. I mean, she lets everybody out. She won't hold anybody on, on uh, essentially any charge. Well, you know, it's, it's funny you brought that up, and we're going to leave the education in a minute. But since you brought the, uh, they won't take a stance up, and and I I agree with you. I think a lot of our listeners uh, and readers do. But why why do you think they won't? I mean, you have literally children, young children, as young as what one and two years old, being shot in drive-by shootings, it may be stray bullets, but the point is you have children who won't see their third, fourth, fifth, tenth, fifteenth birthday. Why won't the mayor of Illinois, the mayor of Chicago, um, take a stance and, and actually call this out as what the problem actually truly is? Well, she's afraid of, uh, offending her, her constituent base. You know, I mean, she thinks that, um, you know, black people are homogenous in, in, in their voting and, and in their belief system, and that uh, if you 76% of these homicides in Chicago are committed by blacks, mostly black on black, but um, and they're the the bulk of the street gangs, obviously. And you know, Latinos are there's probably more Latinos than there are blacks in Chicago right now, but that's only 18% of the homicides. So. Uh, I think that's her PC culture and, and, you know, being in bed with the left, she's not going to offend them. She's not going to call them out. It's easier to call with the bad guys. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's, um, she would rather uh, win an election than save lives. And that's, that's kind of scary. You know, it's funny. I was reading um, some stats the other day online and it said that more than, I want to say 77% of African-American homes are lacking a father, which I don't know about you. you. You've been in, in law enforcement your entire life. Do you think that leads to a problem with these gangs? Do you think if there was more fathers in the home, there'd be less gangs? Absolutely, and I, I've spoken about that you know, repeatedly. So boys are hardwired for that older male approval, and if they don't have it at home, you know, the street gang will, will uh, provide that void, and ultimately the older gang members become that father figure and that's that's what goes on and it so so it's that and it's also that just the lack of a discipline that a father would provide that's not around for some of these young people so there's no question that that the destruction of the nuclear family the destruction of uh fathers in the home the absence of fathers in the home that that's a huge factor in contributing to violence on the streets of chicago and throughout america you know culture also that go, go ahead a culture that is comfortable with, with uh, you know, partial birth abortion and, and what have you, it's hard to tell that culture that there's sanctity in human life. And, and you know, they're not going to buy it as a result. So people like uh, Planned Parenthood, parasites like that, that feed on African-American communities and Latino communities that uh, whose end game is to destroy the, those minorities from our, our culture, well, you know, they're leading to the violence in the streets as well. I mean, we have a hip-hop culture and a um, Hollywood culture that glorifies music. It, it glorifies uh, violence 
in African communities and um, black communities, all of that, all of that plays in. And it's funny too. It's funny. Uh, more stats for that: seventy percent of Planned Parenthood um, offices are located in, in inner city, predominantly African American neighborhoods. And I'm just, I, you know, people always their argument is, well, they also provide birth control. But if you look at the numbers, the birth control they provide is well under anywhere close to the number of abortions that they provide each year. Um, but Mark, let's go into um, I think the next big problem, other than the destruction of nuclear families is education. I mean, education is probably the most important concern for the development of youngsters in Illinois, Chicago, and, and abroad, the entire state, really the entire country. Uh, do you support schools opening back up? And if so, what reasonable precautions would you put in place for both students and teachers to make sure they're, they're as safe as can possibly be? Yeah, I, I absolutely do support the schools opening back up and, um, Chicago's got enough problems as, as it is, you know, graduation rate around 50%. So, you know, half the kids that are going to Chicago high schools won't graduate. Um, you know, I don't think that they need to wear masks either, the, the, the kids. I, I think that, you know, it's incumbent on the on the vulnerable to protect themselves. And um, if we have older teachers, what have you, that maybe they, they're reassigned to protect, help protect them. But um, I don't think that... Uh, you know, that we can continue in this business of kids not going to school. It's not, it's not in the best interest of the kids. Um, certainly, you know, there, I'm assuming several of those, um, especially inner city uh, children get the, the vast majority of their meals at school, uh, safety at school, and uh, the ability to actually talk and interact with other people uh, that may possibly not be in their neighborhoods, but teachers and things of that nature. You know, there was a report out saying that, um, that violence in the home has skyrocketed since um, school has been closed and that online education just simply isn't working. Although you may have all these other states and cities, especially California, I think LA and and San Francisco are not even opening back up. Um, Do you feel as though you'll be be able to open a hundred percent when it comes to September for Illinois and that um, in that aspect that there will be no online learning, just, just kids going to school like they were last year and year before last. No, I don't think that's going to happen, but I mean, that's the way I, if you put me ahead of, uh, you know, that process and, and the authority to make the decision, I, I would, that would be my response. I, I think that they need to go to school. I mean, I have kids. Um, one's going to start law school this year. He's 22. I have 21 year old that's at uh, Marquette University in Milwaukee. And I have one at a Catholic high school locally in Mundelein. And, um, I, I would send them all back to school. I mean, I, I know the effects that they're not learning uh, the same as they would if they were in, in the classroom. Secondly, um, you know, you know, I, I'm friends with a lot of teachers out here, and I, I you know, I, I respect the job that they do. And they tell us in some of the schools that that are teaching the, some of the, the uh, more impoverished schools that no child left behind. These kids don't even log on. They don't even touch the computer they, they don't they don't even get in the classroom at all and they're passed on to the next grade so i mean what what the heck is happening is just totally absurd and that's part of the problem is you have adults making these decisions that are impacting the children and uh the, the children are not factoring into the, the decision the, the historically our society has uh put children first it doesn't do that anymore 
Yeah, I, 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 I do have to agree with that as well. I, just, I think it's, you know, from me going to school in the, in the 80s as opposed to seeing kids go to school today, it seems like a completely different environment, uh, even in as far as what they're being taught, how they're being taught, um, and th- this, this understanding that it's okay to take online classes at home like you're somehow a responsible college kid who can handle doing that. I don't, I don't know, but it's, uh, it's certainly a scary, scary prospect. I think that a lot of schools in the country won't be opening back up at a normal pace. But we're going to lead into a quick commercial break, and we will be right back with Mark Curran, the Illinois Republican candidate for Senate. Please stay tuned. everyone and welcome back to Telegraph Local's Weekly Politics. We are joined today with Mark Kern, the Illinois Republican candidate for Senate. Mark, thanks for holding for that commercial break. Um, so that was a pretty he- heavy 15, first 15 minutes of the show. I hope, um, well, I hope people really think about what we both just talked about. It's, it's a huge deal when it comes to the next 20 or 30 years of, of the state of Illinois, really. But uh, let's go into farming. So farming in Illinois especially is it's a huge industry. If you leave uh, Metro Chicago, um, there's nothing out there but farmland, for, uh, as far as the eye can see. I recently went down to Missouri, and in doing so, three hours of my trip was outside of Chicago going all the way down the state. And it's, it's, it's windmills, and it's uh, cornfields, and soy fields, and things like that. But uh, do you support farmers and other essential small businesses in Illinois? And what would you do to help foster growth in farming and small business in general? And I guess before you answer that um, – Farming seems to be a dying industry in this country. It seems to be that a lot of the youngsters coming up don't want to take over the, the family farms, which make a lot of, uh, of the farming up in this country, especially in this part of the country. Um, is there a way to stop that? I mean, what, you know, what would you do in order to, to address that, that concern and that issue? Yeah, I think I, so obviously if I go to Washington, D.C. as a United States senator representing Illinois, Illinois, is going to be first and foremost. It's not going to be the concerns of Nevada or what have you, like Dick Durbin, the current senator, has acted. So farming is a is a big part of Illinois, as you said, and I, I totally support farming. You know, we're huge. The United States in general is, is I mean, it's the biggest export that we have is is food. And you look at um, you know corn and soy in, in Illinois and how important that is to our economy. I, I think that uh, we need to make sure that the trade is open that they're able to, to export. Uh, I think that at the same time, you know, we want to know who we're trading with, you know. So I've, I've said that we're in favor of fair trade, uh, not completely free, unfettered trade, but, but fair trade. So we don't need the Chinas of the world to take advantage of Illinois like they have historically. So um, I think that 
having that first and foremost as a United States senator, knowing that, that you represent these farmers, trying to get them the best deal, I think that, that that's critical to it. So when you talk about farms and, and the fact that uh, less and less future generations want to take over the family farm, well, I think they've seen how difficult it is. You know, Washington has not had their back. They've made it hard on, on them in terms of trade. And uh, the corporate farm is essentially the way that we've gone. And, and uh, the smaller farmer has a harder time essentially competing. And that, that's been the case for a long time. It's the case in a lot of industries that uh, those with the money, whether it's the wealthiest or, or the biggest corporations, they have the laws and the rules written for them and they're written in their uh, favor and to their advantage and makes it harder for the, for the smaller guy to compete. So I'm somebody that, that uh, is going to Washington, D.C. to represent the small business, the middle class, and uh, we'll make sure that they have a, a level playing field. Okay, okay. So you mentioned uh, Dick Durbin a few minutes ago um, in your in your answer. So you know, I want to bring it up. You're running against a very savvy, very smart politician, Dick Durbin. He's a senator that's been on the Hill for a very, very long time. Uh, and to many, many, he is considered a, a good politician. Um, what do you see as the issues faced by Illinois that he has failed to address? Well, Illinois is about 50th in every economic category. Dick Durbin is uh been there for 38 years. He's had a leadership in, in the United States Senate, number two, ranking Democrat in the United States Senate. He's also the, you know, the, the leader of the party back home in Illinois. And uh, all this destruction has been under Dick Durbin's watch. Dick Durbin has not done anything that's really helped Illinois. He's done a lot of things to hurt Illinois, whether it's financially or, uh, you know, just in terms of the rights of the citizenry. Okay, can you give me uh, give me one big example? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of examples. You know, in Zion, where I'm, that's uh, in my county, they wanted uh, the nuclear power plant closed down, and they had a deal uh, with the outfit out of Nevada that they were going to take the waste uh, from Illinois and send it out to Nevada. And, and Dick Durbin uh we got a call from Harry Reid, and he shut that down, so it didn't happen. So there was a contract that he interfered with that would have been in the best interest of the residents of Zion, Illinois, Lake County, Illinois, but uh, Durbin got in the way of that. We were going to build a clean coal plant way down in southern Illinois, and Barack Obama didn't want that. Dick Durbin uh, was all set to go through, and, and Dick Durbin blocked that deal and made sure it didn't happen. So he, he's really been uh, focused on the what – the other Democrats in the United States Senate want. So he works for them. They vote him into this position of number two ranking Democrat in the United States Senate, and he's at the mercy of, of what uh, their desires are and what they think is in the best interest of their constituents back home. And that's how he maintains his power. Really, he's all about power. That's why he's been there for 38 years. He doesn't care about Illinois. He cares about power, amassing power. And uh, he's so he's beholden to them. He answers to them. And, you know, he's also... Oh, Somebody that's been bought and paid for by the lobbyists. His wife was a lobbyist, made millions of dollars. His son uh, is essentially in the lobbying business. So Dick Durbin represents uh, the far-left Democrats in the United States Senate and what they want. He represents the special interests, the lobbying uh, interests that are bought and paid for by the wealthiest Americans. 
in, in the biggest corporations that have nothing to do with the middle class. And this is why the middle class has gotten kicked in the uh, backside for so many years, because of people like Dick Durbin that have sold out. So you had mentioned um, he turned down building a clean coal plant uh, in Illinois. How many jobs do you think were lost by that decision? Oh, yeah, thousands. Yeah, no, no question about it. And, um, you know, that's that's the way Dick Durbin has operated. Look at – he's there, and Illinois is either 50th in, in uh, almost every economic category, whether it's, you know, our credit rating, whether it's our debt uh, – uh, outlook, whether it's leaving people leaving the state of Illinois, whether it's uh, our tax burden, you know, right on down the list, Illinois is at the very bottom, and that's that's all Dick, Bur- Dur- excuse me, Dick Durbin and his politics. How many people uh, do you think have left the? You might even I don't know these stats. I haven't looked at them, but how many people do you assume have left the the state of Illinois? Oh, thousands, thousands, tens of thousands. You know, um, lots of people. You know, people are leaving the. People are leaving the state of Illinois essentially every minute of the day. Yeah, that's really sad. So, you know, yeah, that's, that's, the last six years in a row, we've lost more people than any other state in the nation. So, you, you know, with the, with a country that's not reproducing anymore, there's a labor shortage in essence. You know, if you want to work, you, you should be able to find a job. Illinois, that's not the case. You know, there's unemployment because we can't draw industry, number one. And number two, um, you know, there's not enough of a workforce to, to, for industry to want to be here. So, how would you? How do you think you would get the workforce back? What would be your plan? Yeah, I, I assume you bring in an industry, but I mean that's a tough. That's tough. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it, it, there's a, a lot of factors that are uh, making Illinois less competitive and, and less interesting for businesses to operate. I think small businesses. Or the engine of the economy, the backbone of America. We like small businesses because uh, the pay structure is, is a lot fairer than the biggest corporations, and ultimately, um, you know, that's how people grow, you know, out of poverty into middle class and on to uh, a more affluent lifestyle. So, you you support small businesses by less regulation and I'm somebody that's represented administrative agencies has prosecuted on behalf of them and has had clients before administrative agencies so they're they have way too much power um, and, and we need to reel them back in and I know exactly what I'm doing as far as is uh, that uh, step secondly litigation one of the industries that Illinois is is friendly for is trial lawyers and that's because you know we have all trial lawyers running the uh, Running Illinois, Dick Durbin is is uh, was a trial lawyer. He's he's in bed with the trial lawyers. As is Mike Madigan, John Cullerton, who was the longtime speaker, head of the Illinois Senate. These guys uh, they take all their money from trial lawyers. Durbin has all his money coming in from all this money coming from trial lawyers, and as a result of that, it's really easy to sue people in Illinois and, and destroy small businesses in the process. So you have the problem with regulation, you have the problem with litigation, and then taxation. Um, you know, they're, now they're pushing a progressive tax. The problem with that is, you know, do the, does the wealthiest 1% pay enough taxes? Probably not. But you can't um, do that as a state separate from all the other states because it's going to make your state less competitive, and that's what's happening in Illinois. Oh, and Elsie, I, just, I don't think you can tax your way out of problems. That, that obviously has never worked. It just creates more more focus. Uh, we're getting a little time. Uh, Mark Kern, can you tell people how to find you on the web, how to read more about you, 
to get to the polls and vote for you and, and, and uh, anything else you'd like to add? So it's electcurrent.com. You can uh, follow us on uh, Twitter, like us on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're every means of social media out there. You know, it's it's. I hate to say that it's about money, folks, but it it really is because I'm I'm going against Dick Durbin, who's got unlimited resources, unlimited money. We have Willie Wilson, a black businessman, who's gotten in the race and who's uh, expected to take votes from Dick Durbin. He's he's also somebody that's worth, if not a billion, very close to a billion dollars. So it's going to be an expensive race. I, I need I don't need their money, but I need some money to compete. As uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, I have, the, I have the perfect background for right now. I was a county, state, federal prosecutor and the longest serving sheriff of Lake County history. We need some law and order in Washington, D.C. We need some law and order uh, representing Illinois and some common sense, and that's what I bring to the table. I'm working very, very hard. I'm optimistic that we're going to do it. I really absolutely believe it, that uh, it's going to happen, but, but we need help. We need support. So I just ask the listeners out there to prayerfully um, discern whether or not to contribute to my campaign. You can do that at electcurrent.com. Wonderful. Thank you very much for joining us. I think you gave uh, some extremely detailed answers, and, I, and I, I, like the way you, uh, I like the way you think. So hopefully we'll get, get it through for you. Hopefully you'll get elected. And, uh, yeah, hopefully everyone in Illinois will see you uh, in, as, a, as a U.S. senator next year. Uh, take care. Uh, Appreciate it. Mark, good luck take to care. you, man. Bye. You too. Bye. All right, guys, so you heard it, heard it straight from the man himself, Mark Kern. I think he gave an extremely good interview, and he answered questions uh, very directly, very openly. There was no uh, scapegoating around. There was no um, failing to really get to the meat of the topic. I think you have a good candidate there. I think you really had to look at Mark Kern as, as bringing it to uh, in the Senate for the near future. It's been a great, great show, special broadcast today. Please uh, tune in all this week. We have a lot more fun stuff coming for you. Until then, be safe, Illinois.